This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Retire your overplayed playlist. You'll never hear the same mix twice on AMP. AMP is a free live radio app where anyone can hop on the mic and play the music they love, so you can discover new-to-you playlists as they're made. Download AMP. That's A-M-P in the App Store. The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. It is officially Bravo Friday, where I will cover the news and headlines of the past week in the Bravo Cinematic Universe. Also, it's officially October, and I have some exciting guests coming up this month. And it's my birthday month, so shout out to all of my Scorpio sisters. I will do a little shout out to like Libras, too. But it's just not the same. It's just not the same. Um, Yeah. So also, this is going to be kind of random. But I just want to say thank you to all of my amazing listeners. I reached a milestone this month of September of reaching almost 100,000 downloads just this month. So it's so exciting. I love you all so much. And I mean, I don't really want to get like too emotional or mushy because that's not it just makes everyone uncomfortable, I feel like. But I just, I don't think people fully understand like how much doing this podcast, I mean, and uh, starting this Instagram account, it like changed my life, honestly. If you guys want me to talk more about that for an episode, I would be glad because I get a lot of questions about running an Instagram account. If you guys you know, have any questions or want me to talk about it, I would be more than happy to. It's just completely changed my life in like the most amazing of ways. And like, yes, there have been really difficult times. Uh, But I know it just sounds so cliche, but you just really have to just push through them. And I am a huge fan of the block button and the mute button. So if, you know, I think that there's like this huge taboo around the block button. Like you're a pussy if you block someone. And I'm like, no, this is my phone. This is my account. I will see and hear from who I want to. And I just think everyone should just explore that. Also the mute button, because sometimes it's like you don't want to unfollow or block, but you're like, I really don't want to see the shit that you put out. So you just like hit them with a mute. It's very nice. It's very easy, very simple. Anyways, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody But enough of that. Let's talk Bravo news this week. Sadly, I have to say, Cynthia Bailey is out at Real Housewives of Atlanta. It has kind of come full circle for Cynthia, which I really, I love that for her. Because I actually really, really like Cynthia. I think she is a essential worker, if you will, on Atlanta. She was amazing when she was on. I fully enjoyed her. And I like that she started the series with a wedding and ended it with a wedding. We all remember her um, obsessively <laughs> talking about 10, 10, 20, how she had to get married on 10, 10, 20. She had earrings made. She had the whole thing. <laughs> it was, she was quite obsessed. And I love that for her. 
Also, I ran into her on the streets of New York City a few months ago with friend of the podcast, Christine Bianca Villa, who, I mean, she is going to be coming on the pod. I say she's a friend of because she's a friend of mine. But anyways, uh, we were standing outside and I was with her and uh, the Instagram account. His name is Haters. He's so funny. Go follow him. He's kind of become an influencer by kind of poking fun at influencers. And it's just really, really been funny to watch him grow and love that for him. But so we're standing outside this restaurant and I knew like there was a ton of Bravo celebrities in New York City when I was there. And it was, I don't know why they had like descended upon the city, but there they were. And so we're standing outside and waiting for my lift. And Christine just looks at me and she goes, oh my God, turn around. And I was like, what? And I turn around and there she is, Cynthia fucking Bailey. Cynthia Hill, hashtag chill, is standing right behind me. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, I have to say something to her. So I was like, hi, Cynthia. Like, oh my God. And I got a picture with her. I refuse to post the full picture because, guys, it's a tough one of your girl. And I'm not talking about Cynthia. I'm talking about me. It is rough. (laughs) I saw this photo and I was disgusted. It is, I've said this on my Instagram before, but it's like one of those pictures where it's like, it's a tagged photo of you. Does that make sense? Like you can post like a fire selfie or whatever. And then like all of a sudden you'll be feeling good. You'll be like, oh my God, I look so good. And then someone tags you in a picture and you're like, what the fuck is that? It gave me heavy Sherbert sweater at BravoCon vibes, like where I just looked like a damn clown. But anyways, sorry to get on that little tangent. I just, you know, my mind just takes me where it takes me. I can't help it. I've had so much coffee this morning. I watched the Britney documentaries this morning. I am full on hashtag free Britney. We'll get to that. So anyways, I'm sad to see Cynthia leave, but I also think... Atlanta needed a shakeup. Um, I don't think last season was actually as bad as everybody says it was. I mean, the women were filming in a pandemic. So I, I feel like they tried their best. I do remember Andy talking about, and I think Candy too, was like production had to stop like eight times. So when you have pauses in production that many times, you like things get thrown off. Storylines get kind of splintered and things aren't going as smoothly as you wanted them to, right? Um, But yeah, I don't think it was as bad. I loved the Bolo drama. I thought that was so fucking funny. But then B. Scott, a very popular Instagram account, reports that Portia Williams is not coming back. I don't know if that's true. I kind of hope it's true that she's not coming back. And I love Portia, But I think if Kenya is going to stay on, like one of them has to go. And I feel like it makes sense for Portia to leave because Portia is getting her own spinoff. She's engaged. She's getting married to Simon, who was married to Fallon, who's having a baby. Like it's just a lot going on over there in Atlanta. And because I feel like we reached a standstill with Kenya and Portia, like where it just wasn't fun to watch them fight anymore because there's never going to be a resolution with those two, like ever. It's not a Giselle-Karen situation where I think that they have fun sparring with each other. And I think, I feel like they almost have like a nod and a wink at each other. Like, this is funny. Like, we got to keep this going type of thing. With Kenyan Porsche, it was genuinely like, we're not vibing, <laughs> which is fine. I am team twirl, but I do love Portia. Don't get it confused. And I love seeing Kenya do amazing work over on Dancing with the Stars. She looks so happy. And I love seeing baby Brooklyn dressed up in like matching little outfits on her Instagram. It's like the cutest thing ever. So, oh, and I forgot to mention, B. Scott reports that Nene leaks might be making a cameo appearance in one or two episodes to kind of talk about Greg and his passing. And I personally have mixed feelings about that. Nene Leakes is probably my favorite housewife of all time. I dedicate a lot of my Fridays to her. Sometimes I forget, okay, you guys, life gets a little busy, but I have Nene Friday. 
over on my Instagram. And because I just love her. I think we she doesn't get the respect that she deserves for what she created in the housewife space. She is in the Smithsonian. Yes, you heard that correctly. Nene Leakes is in the Smithsonian. She, every GIF, every meme, every reaction photo, like 80% of that is Nene. And I just think we need to respect the people who, you know, laid the groundwork for Housewives. And she is definitely that person. I also think she is the number one most frequent guest on Watch What Happens Live. Like, there was just nothing like a Nene Leaks Watch What Happens Live solo episode. Like, nothing like it. But I don't know how I feel about Bravo using her and Greg, well, using Greg's passing as a way to kind of like bring her back just for a little bit. I don't know. It feels kind of strange. Um, I wish that they would just bring her back full time instead of just kind of like throwing her a bone because I know that she had some issues with Bravo and production and she was very vocal about that. So it's just very, it's very complicated. And I just... I want nothing but the best for Nini and the Lanithia Lounge and, you know, their children together. We'll leave it at that. But I found this very interesting. Vicki Gundelson and Steve Lodge broke up this week. They announced their, you know, separation after his sad attempt at running for governor. <laughs> you guys. Oh, God. The fact that this man thought that he was going to win the the race to be California's next governor is the funniest shit in the world. And the fact that she was like supporting this is so funny to me because I've also read, I forget where, I can't even name a source. I feel like it was like some random Twitter account called like Jen Aiden's Big Toe. Like I feel like they reported that Vicky didn't even vote for Steve, which is really funny to me because who would? I mean, I don't think anyone did. I think he got like, what was it? I think it was like 0.4% of the votes or something. It was so bad. It was so pathetic. But there's a source saying that Vicky and Steve actually broke up back in June, which we all kind of expected because they stopped posting together. She went like he was in Mexico or something. Like they were just spending a lot of time apart. So I guess they got back together and now they're officially broken up and Vicky is just, her love tank just wasn't full, I guess. Um, I also never liked Steve. I didn't think that they had very good chemistry. Now this is a hot take, you guys. I'm going to take a sip of water before I get into it. Okay. Brooks. The Brooks of it all when it comes to Vicky Gumbleson. They had chemistry, those two. They really did. They... And I, I don't mean to be crass, but they were fucking those two. Like they were getting down. Like you, their chemistry was like off the fucking charts. Okay. So yes, he scammed her, but she was stigmatized. She was literally stigmatized by this man. We've all been there. Okay. We've all been stigmatized. We can't explain it. We're ashamed of ourselves because we're like, this man is, I'm going to quote Chris Lewis right now, is running us ragged and there's nothing we can do about it because we're just like, we're dickmatized. So when I saw her with Steve, I was like, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. Like there was no chemistry there. There was just like, I think she liked Steve because he was the safe option. He was very much like, everyone likes him. He's an ex-cop, which I mean, we won't get into that on this podcast, but you know, he was a respectable person, supposedly. And she was coming off her stint with Brooks so that she needed that. And I know we love Brianna Gumbelson over here. I really do. I love my little Brie Brie, but I don't think she's the best judge of character when it comes to men. So when she liked Steve, I was like, oh, I don't know about this one. I just don't know. And I wonder if we're going to like hear anything about that during the Ultimate Girls Trip 2.0 when she's in the Berkshires with the rest of the women. TBD. TB fucking D. But it's tragic. Uh, she's really had a rough go of it the last few months. I mean, she got, quote unquote, the unknown cold, which we all know is like we believe to be COVID. 
And now she's broken up with Steve. So that's that's a rough go for, our, for a Victoria. Okay. Now we got to talk Mia Thornton from Potomac really quick, you guys. Every single week I come on this podcast and I explain my confusion with Mia. Every single week. It, I'm sorry that it's repetitive because every fucking week I'm left puzzled by this woman. She is a flip-flopper of a flip-flopper of a flip-flopper. She, I, I can't make heads or tails of this woman because she doesn't make any sense. So this week she went on to Twitter at 7 a.m., took her little thumbs to her phone and tweeted, wearing designer, living in a townhouse with your mother, wonder why we haven't seen your luxurious, lavish lifestyle. Ho ass, nah, college kid. I'm a boss bitch. Hashtag Mia Thornton, CEO. Try again. You guys, 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Do you know what I'm doing at 7 a.m.? I am like barely functioning at like, I can barely make a pot of coffee, let alone tweet, ho ass boss bitch. Like, and again, this is just a perfect example of Mia doing the absolute most and it falls, you guys, it falls so flat. And here's the thing. I thought at first she was talking about Candace and I was like, but Candace doesn't live in a townhouse anymore. So apparently it was about Scala. And then she made fun of her name in the next tweet and called her Alaska. And it's like, Mia, girl. And every single response to this tweet, none of them were like, yes, girl. They were, every single one was like, Mia, go to sleep. Mia, what are you doing? This is not it. Like, this is not, you're not doing what you think you're doing. And it's just, oh my God, it's just so pathetic that she's doing this because this isn't the first time she's done something like this on social media. Like a couple weeks ago, she, she went on and said that she was bullied and this, and then she goes on and like, she just, she goes back and forth between like a victim and then not a victim. It's very confusing. And then Ascala responds, let's be clear. I don't live with my mother. My mother lives with me. She moved in to help care for her grandkids. That's what a mother does when she loves you. We're not all, quote, working, quote, on our relationship. Sorry, sis. Be blessed. Hashtag RHOP. Now, Ascala simply was just responding to Mia. And then Ascala says again, now let me get back to my family vacation. Uh, My cup runneth full. Mia was getting dragged on social media for this because it it was just like, what are you doing? Because then she tried to come back and the tweet has since been deleted. She tried to come back and say like, don't talk about mothers. And everyone was like, Mia, you're the one that brought up her mom. Like this this is my problem with Mia in particular. It's like she says one thing, brings up Scala's mom. And then it's like, don't talk about moms. It's like, girl, that was you. That was you. Like, what are you doing? That was that was something you did. It just, it's so funny to me that she does this. And then it gets funnier. And you guys, oh, I I laughed. I laughed so much. I was, you know, I'm back on my gym journey because things are looking rough over here a little bit. And I got this notification that Mia had posted this statement on Instagram and Twitter. And it's a gray background. I mean, I'm talking, it is light gray with white font cursive. It's difficult to read. And it says, (laughs) I'm sorry, it's just so funny to me. Hello, social media family. Will I take full responsibility for the recent Instagram posts and tweets over the last few months? I want to inform you that I have let go of my social media manager due to the nature and language of the caption and posts. I don't have time to keep up, so I'm currently looking for someone who will represent my brand and true self. In the meantime, sending love, peace, and positive energy your way. My sincere apologies, XOXO Mia. And then there's the inquiries email information at the bottom of the post. Now, you guys, when I read that, I got my ass off that treadmill 
I immediately FaceTimed friend of the podcast, Chris Lewis, and I was like, Chris, what the fuck is this? We were laughing so hard because it's so lame. Like, just stand by what you said and just be like, I fucked up. Instead, she's pulling a Jen Shaw and like, I don't, I don't have someone that, I have someone that runs my social media. I don't know what goes on. It's like, girl, who the fuck are you to have someone run your social media? It's so ridiculous. And like, I like Ascala, but like, if she came out and was like, I don't run my own social media, I'd be like, what? Like, you're a friend of, like, Mia, you're barely on the show. Like, you're new. You don't, you're not even verified on social media. Why do you have someone running it for you? It's just such a lie. And that's what makes me laugh because then it's like, you know, I had to let that person go. So I'm looking to hire. It's like, you fired yourself, bitch. You fired yourself. And it's just, it's laughable. And then she tried to compare Ascala to Rick James, which again is very hypocritical of what she was saying about when Candace referred to her as handsome. It's just such a clusterfuck. I personally don't really love when people get on the Twitter, social media fights when it comes to housewives because I think it gets so messy in a way where like I kind of almost tap out. Like if we're talking about this at the reunion, I think it will get so confusing for people because you have to keep in mind a lot of housewives fans actually aren't on social media. There's a ton out there that don't follow the tweets, that don't follow the Instagram stories. Like they're just, if they're on social media, they follow like Lisa Vanderpump and Andy Cohen. Like they're, that's pretty much the main audience. So yeah, I just hope that they all chill, chill the fuck out. And I don't want anybody coming at me being like, well, Candace does this. Candace does all of that. Candace is a hot ass mess on Twitter, you guys. But she doesn't blame it on a social media coordinator. You know what I'm saying? She stands by her disastrous tweets. And for that, I respect it. But let's take a quick break. Uh, We'll be right back with some Vanderpump thoughts. And of course, Beverly Hills. Let's be honest, ratings and reviews are so important, especially when you're in need of a doctor. You wouldn't go to a restaurant if they only had one star, so I go through all of that with a healthcare provider. And after the last year, now is the time to prioritize your health. Whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Never wait on hold with a receptionist again. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Go to ZocDoc.com H-O-T-M and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com H-O-T-M. All right, everybody, Vanderpump Rules, season nine. We are back, baby. We are back. Our little kiddos are back. When I say little kiddos, I mean they are all roughly in their mid-30s, but they're back. I was actually pleasantly surprised by their premiere. I do wish we acknowledged the absence of the OGs. Like, I get maybe why not acknowledging Stassi and Kristen, but the whole Jax thing, like, I would have loved to have gotten their reactions. Kind of like what Roni did with Bethany, like how everybody got the the news notification that she's not coming on the show. I would have just loved that. I would have loved Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz like standing in their Sandy or Schwartz and Sandy's like empty bar, like getting that notification from page six. Like, or you know, I just really would have appreciated that. Also, I did some light digging and you can go read about it on thedip.com, but I was like, what? the fuck is Jax Taylor up to, aka Jason Couchy? I will only actually from now on be referring to him as Jason Couchy. I'm <laughs> I'm obsessed with the fact that he named his son Cruz because that boy's name is Cruz Couchy. Oh, we need to sit with that. Just let that sink in. Cruz Couchy. Okay. Thank you. But he 
was on Instagram during the premiere selling what looked to be gray sliced steak that you heat up 90 seconds in the microwave. That is what Jax is up to. And it was bleak, you guys. It was real bleak. Go read about it on thedip.com. Um, anyways, so I love Sheena Marie Shea. I die for her. I think she is one of the most interesting, kind of tragic, fascinating people that we've seen on television. I personally firmly believe that she kind of carried the show on her back for a while. She really did. She was the arch enemy of Stasi. Then she got married and then she got divorced. And then my favorite season of Vanderpump Rules of all time is, I think it's season six. <laughs> it is the Rob season because she is just at her like peak Sheena. You know what I mean? Like her montage that they made of Sheena saying Rob, Rob, Rob is the funniest thing ever. And just her, like, she's so firmly, like, in her delusion that they are in love. Like, it's just the best, you guys. And I gotta be honest, we've all been Sheena. It's true. If you haven't been Sheena, I, it, then your time is coming. Because, you know, we've all been in love and delusional. And when she looked at Rob and she said, I love you. And he said nothing. I, ah, chef's kiss. It was lovely television because also she's in a costume. And you all know I love nothing more than when people on Bravo fight or have heart-to-heart -heart conversations in costumes, whether it be a flapper girl, a first responders party, shout out to New Jersey with that one. Like, Anything I just love, you guys. I really do. But so we are, again, we, I think we're ticking back up towards peak Sheena with her new fiancé, Brock Davies. <sighs> they, her apartment with Brock is covered wall to wall, littered with canvas prints, huge, huge prints of maternity photos of her and Brock where she's, you know, the ones, you guys, where she's standing with like that drapery type of dress with her belly open and he's like behind her and he's holding her belly. It's like, oh my God, it, it brought me joy. It brought me joy. I was like, yep, this is, this is right. This feels right. And then we get a confessional by Mr. Brock Davies. And it is, it's a doozy, you guys. Brock is in a... <laughs> Pale gold shimmery suit, pants and jacket, both shimmery gold, pale gold shimmer with a see-through similar colored uh, tank top, but it's kind of sheer and a messy bun. Now... There is an Instagram account called Real Bad Fashions, and they do amazing work over there. <laughs> Their investigative skills are incredible. And they found a photo of Jason Momoa in a very similar-looking outfit. And Sheena herself called Brock Davies Aquaman. And so I'm seeing that he's trying to, like, go for that. But he's, like, he is, like, the bootleg version of Jason Momoa. And I, you know those, like, Barbie dolls that you would get at like the dollar store and they're called like Barbara dolls. Like, and it's, it's like not the same, but it's trying to be the same, but it looks nothing like a Barbie. That's what Brock is. He delivers this, this confessional with his man spreading and it's really a lot to, to take in. And he is the most Sheena pick I've seen in a minute. You get what I'm saying? You all are picking up what I'm putting down. Like, that man just, it fits. But, you know, we get to see Summer Moon. Um, th That's her daughter, everyone. Summer Moon. You know, with a bow. She's wrapped up in her little blanket. She's adorable. Sheena is so happy. You can tell that she's thrilled to be a mother. And um, I don't think, yeah, they're not engaged at this point in the show. That comes, I don't even think it will be filmed. I, I know Raquel and James is, proposal will be filmed. 
Anywho, so we get to see them. That's nice. I like that they kind of did a quick little check-in with everybody. Like we got Tom and Tom in matching sweaters, meeting with Lisa Vanderpump, who you guys fucking love. I love that woman. I know it's controversial. I know I shouldn't. I know she's problematic in the Bravo universe, but I love her. I do. It's very much like a Nini. Like she did a lot for the show in early seasons and we forget that. But Tom and Tom are nervous that she's not going to approve of them starting their own bar, which is apparently going to be called Schwartz and Sandy's. I'm with Katie on this one. It's a terrible name. I don't love it. I They said it, they're trying for it to look like your grandma's basement on acid. <sighs> I don't exactly know what that aesthetic means, but that's what they're going for. Lisa gives them their blessing. She's like, obviously, like, so happy for you guys. Like, please, of course. And then, so there's that. And then we find out James is two years sober. And Raquel makes that very clear. But it's California sober. So that means he smokes weed every single day, she says. Which I find, I don't know. I'm not going to judge it. If that, to me, for James specifically, I'm talking specifically about him, it feels slippery. Feels like it could be a slippery slope for him because I know he's very like, he's he's a fragile boy sometimes, you guys, as we know. That little cleft chin DJ is, he's had a hard time. But then we find out that James and Max Vanderpump, or his name is Max Todd, excuse me, Lisa Vanderpump's son, who's like rarely been on the show, which I find fascinating. Like, why isn't he on the show? It's her child. It's like bizarre. And he works at Sir five days a week, she says. So I'm like, what the hell? James wants to come back and work at Sir, which is every fucking year we get James and Lisa sit down talking about him working at Sir again. And then he gets his job back and then he gets fired. Like every single year. This is just like, it's like the seasons, you know, it just, it always comes back around. It's like a cycle. Uh, speaking of seasons, really going to take a quick detour. The trees outside my window are looking beautiful. They're changing color. I just had to let everybody know. I just noticed it myself. Uh, inspiration during the podcast. Anyways, so James is like, oh my God, I've been sober. I've been feeling great. I could never yell at Raquel, blah, blah, blah. I can't imagine. And she goes, James, you yelled and berated my son via text message and said some of the cruelest things someone could say to someone else. And when she read these messages, I was disturbed. It says, you're fat and nobody likes you. You're a miserable cunt and you always have been. You come outside, you fat prick. All I could think about is how fat you look. Honestly, fuck you. You're a prick. Now, the way I would crawl inside of my own body if my boss was reading those text messages that I sent to her son, like I'm surprised she's even having like a sit down with him. So then we find out that this fight is about a goddamn salad. You guys, a salad. It's about a $25 Caesar salad. Yes, I did the research at Dantana's, which apparently is like a very hot spot establishment in West Hollywood. Had no idea because it looks kind of like a shithole on the outside. Do a quick Google Earth search of that, please. But it's a $25 Caesar salad. The cheapest thing on the menu is a $17 fried ravioli appetizer. And James is like, okay, let's split the salad. So he goes and tells the waitress, I want to split the salad, but there's a $10 split service charge, which I had never heard of in my entire life. Never heard of this. I don't know. But apparently it's very common with pricier restaurants because they're like, no, because then, like, then we lose money, blah, 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 whatever. Max is like, Oh, why would you do that? Now they're going to charge us. So then James is like, okay, I'll go tell her. And Max is like, well, you can't do that now. Like, and James is like, what is the problem? And I guess they get into this huge fight. And then Lisa has them meet for the first time at her house. And Max has had it with James. He's like, I have been your only friend. You've done terrible things to me. This is the last straw. And then James says, with a look in his eye, that's so telling. And he says, Max, we were on a pre-workout pill. <sighs> this feels like a pasta situation again. Like, I think we're speaking in code. 
because there was a look in James's eye and he was like, Max, we both were on this pill. And Lisa's like, what the fuck is that? And he goes, it's a vitamin supplement. <laughs> I love British people. Um, <laughs> it's a vitamin supplement. And Max was like, how come I wasn't as amped up as you were then if we both took the same thing? And there's like so much like in code being said, but not said, like they're dancing around this. It was fascinating, hilarious television. And I was like, God, we're back. We're back, baby. We are, we are back and ready to go. Ultimately, Max decides, no, James, you're not allowed to come back. Lisa put it in Max's hands. Max defiantly said, fuck, no, James, you are not allowed in, sir. And then we go to Ariana and Tom. They finally have furniture in their house. It looks phenomenal. I remember they did like a spread in like People Magazine or something of their house and it look, looked incredible. But they have a coffee fridge slash dresser in their room and I found that to be confusing. But man, Sheena showed up ready to fucking play because she called Ariana and was like, girl, listen to this podcast that Lala did. And it's very summer house. Like we're fighting about podcasts, which is really funny to me. But Lala said in the podcast, like, Ari and I don't give a fuck about each other. It is what it is. Like, it, it, like we don't follow each other on Instagram, whatever. And Sheena obviously has an issue with Lala because Sheena feels Lala wasn't there for her during her miscarriage. And she made that very public. Sheena also did that, said that on her podcast, Shanigans. And I remember when this came out. So what had happened was Sheena announced that she miscarried. It was very sad. Very, very sad for little Shishu. And then, like, that was around the same time that, like, Lala announced she was pregnant. Like, I felt like every single person on Vanderpump Rules was pregnant at the time. So that's probably even more devastating for little Shishu. And, you know, so Sheena was like, Lala wasn't there for me. She was at dinner with Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly and did that instead of coming to, like, comfort me. And Lala was pretty upset about this because she was like, Sheena, you said you wanted to be alone. So I was like, okay, I'll leave you alone, but I'm here for you. And then when you wanted me to be there, which was later on, she was like, I was already like at dinner. She's like, I don't know what you wanted me to do. Like I was there for you. The you know, I was there for you basically. And then of course, Lala was upset because she was like, now people are telling me that I deserve to miscarry, which people are fucking sick. If you are one of those people that message people shit like that, like you need to seek help, touch some grass, eat some bread, and maybe you'll calm down a little. Like it's disgusting behavior. Anyways, so I have to say like Sheena was kind of in the wrong for like saying that side of the story because that's not really what happened. And also Lala brought up the fact she's like your own boyfriend wasn't even there for you. Like why? Like he was golfing and Sheena did bring that up. And I, you know, I really later on in the episode, obviously Sheena and Lala made up. They had a really cute, like good moment together. Like where they both like listened to each other. And Lala was like, I wish we could have experienced our pregnancies together because their daughters are literally like, I think only a few weeks apart. Ocean and Summer Moon, only a few weeks apart. And, you know, I like their friendship because you have to keep in mind, like, Sheena and Ariana were the only people there for Lala in the beginning. And Lala, I think, really wanted to be accepted by everybody. And as soon as, like, the, quote, cool girls kind of accepted her, she kind of forgot about Ariana and Sheena. And I think she drank the Kool-Aid a little bit, which, speaking of, she did post on Instagram a photo of herself, Stassi, Kristen, and Katie. And it was like a throwback. And like she posted on the premiere, the day of the premiere. And Ariana commented and she was like, why are you post? Like, I love you all, but why are you posting this today? Like it's our show, it, you know, messy, messy, messy. Lala deleted it, then she reposted, whatever, whatever. So Sheena is having a black and pink hibachi birthday. Her and Lala make up. Ariana and Lala, there's tension. Raquel 
I posted this on my Instagram and I got some heat for it, but I'm going to say it again to explain myself. Raquel is the new Britney. And I say that in a good sense of like, I say that in a nice way only because I think Britney did a really good job. She was able to genuinely be friends with everybody. And I think Raquel, that will be, she will be that person because she was like, you know what? Lala wasn't that nice to me, but I lead my life with compassion and understanding and I will be there for her if she needs me or when she needs me. Lala has this like really frustrating way of speaking to people, in my opinion, like where she tells people to stop talking. She questions everything that they say. She's not very nice. She explodes. It's just like, it's a lot. It's a lot. And we'll see more of it next week. When she comes for little Charlie, who is back, thank you, baby Jesus, she's back. And Charlie kind of shuts it down. She's like, you're not going to talk to me like that. That's not what we're doing. I'm not the one. And I'm like, okay, I would like to see it. Overall, I will say I enjoyed the premiere. I'm excited for this season. I think there will be more drama. I think the premiere kind of set the tone. And I'm just intrigued to see how the season goes. Um, so, Yeah. Let's talk Beverly Hills. Now, I was talking to Chris Lewis. He's my host on Shortcomings. He, and I I think I talked about this a little bit last week. I'll say it again, though. I feel like we're kind of circling the drain with this. Like, like, we're not getting any new information. (laughs) We're really just talking about Erica being allegedly involved still. I wasn't bored by any means, but I was like, all right, I'm ready for the reunion. You you guys get what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, all right. Like, I want to see them really talk about everything now. I don't, I don't want to know what was happening then anymore. Cause it's like, nothing is really changing. It's kind of like the same old, same old. And I'm, I'm honestly just getting more and more frustrated with some of the housewives on this show, not standing up for the victims or anything, but like, they're just not doing anything except for live in Erica's asshole. So everyone is being told about this story about the snow in Pasadena and the car accident and Tom and the burglary and the glaucoma, like, and everyone's like, this is unbelievable. And Garcelle says, Erica's story is unbelievable because it is hard to believe. And it's true. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense. And you're just kind of not sure. Like, what the fuck is she doing? Was she told the story? And that's just what she has to tell people. Did she make the story up? What's the truth? We don't know. But all I know is Rinna is just really irritating me. She's on my last goddamn nerve, this woman. She questions everybody but Erica. And the way, and I love the flashbacks they did of her with Denise, where Sutton was like, why are we coming for this woman for allegedly like making out or, you know, going down on Brandy Glanville? But with Erica, it's like, we have to believe everything she says. It's fucking strange. It doesn't make any sense. I'm over it. Rena, <sighs> Rena, Rena, Rena. She's really, she's really flopping. Um, I did really love Crystal's story, like how she talks about her dad having dementia and how hard that was on her family, because I also think it shows like how you handle a situation like that and how Erica really isn't handling that situation with Tom very well, because he allegedly has dementia. Now that video that did come out um, with, I believe it was page six last week, I talked about it. He didn't look well. He did look like someone who was suffering. And Kyle said on Watch What Happens Live on Wednesday night with Kathy Hilton, she was like, I have a friend whose father or someone in her family had dementia. And she was like, when that episode last season where Tom was telling the story at the dinner and where all the ladies were kind of sitting around and listening to him, she's like, you can kind of see something in his eye. And I, I kind of see that. Now, I'm not saying that he had dementia and that excuses all of his behavior and all of his wrongdoings or alleged wrongdoings. I'm just saying, like, I think that that part is true. I don't know about the burglary and the glaucoma, but I do think he has dementia. 
Kyle really is her best self when she's doing impressions. That's all I'll say about that. I personally just really enjoy when she mocks people. And I don't, I don't want to say mock, actually. She does really great impressions. Um, now, the women come back to the house after the wine tasting. Um, Erica obviously wasn't in attendance. But when I tell you, I was sick over Erica's little stand-up routine that she was doing and how all the women around her were like laughing and giggling. Like they were acting like she was like Richard fucking Pryor. They were like, this is Dave Chappelle. This woman is the funniest woman I've ever seen in life. It's Joan Rivers reincarnate. Like I was like, what is happening right now? Like the way Erica allegedly, I'm just going to say alleged to cover my own ass. I feel like she's like medicated or something. Like something is going on there because she is just out of her goddamn mind. She says he did a lot of good for people. He did a lot of good for a lot of people. In my notes, I literally wrote down, bitch, what are you saying? (laughs) We are talking about a man who was running a kind, allegedly running sort of a Ponzi scheme where he was taking money from plane crash victims, orphans, burn victims, who else knows? Like there could have been more people and like shuffling the money around and moving it around. And you're telling me that he did a lot of good for a lot of people and that they should be there for him. Cause she's now like, why aren't people coming around? It's like, because they don't want to be involved. Erica, they don't want to be fucking involved with this mess, okay? And I was just sitting there and I was like, and Sutton and Garcelle are like the only ones that are like looking around like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, why are we laughing? What's going on? (laughs) Like, Sutton is like, I'm over being Nancy Drew. I think she called herself Fancy Drew, which I really loved. Because she's like, I'm done asking these questions with Erica because it's just too much. And then Erica and her did kind of have a little moment where Erica then in a confessional was like, I've faked that entire conversation. I fucking hate her. But what am I going to do? Act like I hate her in front of everybody and make it awkward? I was like, all right, so you're saying that you can lie. Great. Okay. Take notes, lawyers, because this woman can clearly lie and give Sutton the impression that things are getting smoothed over. And then they go on like some sort of pirate ship. They go on some sort of pirate ship and these women, I have a photo album in my phone. I'm not joking. You guys know I love a photo album of all of the times these women on Beverly Hills have worn hats. It is literally, I have hundreds of screenshots of these women wearing hats because their headwear is something to behold. Sutton was in this knit cap. You would have thought she was an Aspen. She's literally in California. She is on a boat. I don't know where she thought she was going, what she thought she was doing, but she was on the damn boat. And Garcelle made me spit out my fucking water when they when I love when Garcelle's like, let's play a game. And she was like, we're going to play Never Have I Ever. <laughs> she starts it and she says, never have I ever stolen anything. I screamed. I paused the TV. I was like, what did I just hear? Did Garcelle really just do that? Like, what is going on? It was, it was incredible. It was incredible television. Then we learned Kathy Hilton is kind of a little bit of a freak. She fucked someone in a doctor's office and she's part of the Mile High Club. That was interesting. Oh, I totally forgot about this part too. When we learned the women are freaks because they all have safe words. Apparently pineapple is a very popular safe word among the women of Beverly Hills. Uh, When Rinna and Crystal were doing some sort of like paddleboard yoga workout. This, to me, this moment was kind of glazed over. Um, It really bothered me, I have to tell you, when Crystal said, you know, these women know I have body issues. And I had a 30-minute conversation with Rinna before saying, are you wearing a bathing suit? If you're wearing a bathing suit, I'll wear a bathing suit. And Rinna says, yes, I am. And Crystal shows up in her bathing suit, and Rinna is not. She is in full leggings and like a workout top to go in a pool. Crystal was kind of upset about this in the moment. Like she didn't really say anything. Like I said, it got kind of glazed over, but 
I was like, that's kind of a shitty thing to do because as someone who has incredible, I don't want to say incredible, but I suffer as I've talked about this podcast with eating disorders in the past and body issues. Like it takes me so long to be comfortable in a bathing suit. Like if I know I'm going to the beach at one o'clock, I put my, I wish I was joking. I put my bathing suit on at like 7am, 8am when I wake up and I wear it around my house the entire day to get like comfortable in it. So for Rinna to know that Crystal has these issues and to just kind of disregard them, I was just like, that's just kind of a shitty thing to do. I I didn't like it. Um, Yeah, that's all I'll say about that. I, I didn't like that at all. But like I said earlier, I'm just growing more and more frustrated as the episodes go on because it's like, I don't know how much I can take Sutton and Garcelle being the only ones like saying anything. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? It's just kind of frustrating that this idea that without them, what would we be watching? What the fuck would we be watching? Uh, But then we are coming up on the finale of Beverly Hills very soon, which that I know we're getting the reunion and very exciting. I know that Beverly Hills, I think, is going to start filming at the end of October, which is very soon. And I know Garcelle, she said that she's coming back, which there were rumors that she wasn't going to. So I'm so happy Garcelle is coming back. But that's really, that's all I have for today. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, we have new episodes every Tuesday that are pop culture based. And every Friday is Bravo Friday. And this podcast is brought to you by The Dip. So for 20% off at thedip.com, use code H-O-T-M. That is H-O-T-M. And again, I am a words of affirmation person. So if you could rate, review, and subscribe, just check out all the other amazing podcasts brought to you by The Dip. There's a new one called Morgan's Pop Talks. Um, She's hilarious. And then there's the Slut Pig podcast, Exposed, a Drag Race podcast, uh, what we do in the shadows. Like, it's just, we have an incredible network and we're growing, growing, growing. So go make sure you check those out and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Here's to the great American settlers. The millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, hey, I'm no settler, I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. Join Santa Cruz Shakespeare at its summer festival of exciting live outdoor performances in the Audrey Stanley Grove in De La Viega Park in Santa Cruz. The season features the world premiere of The Formula by Katherine Chetkovich, inspired by Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream, directed by Ellen McGuire and a co-production with Blissfield. Rounding out the festival are Shakespeare's Twelfth Night and The Tempest. Info and tickets at santacruzshakespeare.org. That's santacruzshakespeare.org. See you in the Grove.